It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. We saw Tyreek Hill play on Monday. Uh, haven't spoken since then in regards to Tyreek Hill. Uh, obviously injured his ankle. And what I put online was, my dude Tyreek Hill, <laughs> I think he made a case for uh, the MVP stronger. Because, again, this guy goes out there, he's you know a destroyer of worlds coming into this game, right? Uh, has a great matchup in front of him. Tennessee secondary has been real up and down, uh, mostly down this year. Uh, it, but he leaves the game with an ankle injury, Matt, and the offense absolutely just shuts down. Then, surprisingly, he comes back in the third quarter, the offense starts moving again, then he leaves, and they can't move the ball again. Right, So I make the case that I think that Tyreek Hill actually made his MVP case even stronger with his absence in that game. What do you think? Uh, I mean, pretty good argument there, uh, right? Like if we're talking just value, I think he is certainly – I mean, I wrote this in his reception perception profile from the offseason that I think he had an argument last year to be the most valuable receiver to his own team because of how much they ask him to do, right. um, how much they – you know, require of him from a separation standpoint, obviously the speed stuff, you know, the pre-snap motion deal, the, and then of course, just what he does at the catch point and after the catch. I mean, you know, it's funny, Mike McDaniel, we talk about him as a guy that is like a, he's a schemer and he's a mad scientist. And obviously a lot of what they do is, I mean, fantastic schematically, but he also said um, in the Jordan Rodriguez play callers podcast from the athletic in the off season, he's like, you know, any, any of these, play callers who are fooling themselves that it's about you like you're you're an idiot basically or, or like you're, you're arrogant <laughs> yeah um and, i love this guy <laughs> i mean he's great right because you know that some so many of these other guys do think like it is 100%, me right 100 percent. but i mean i bet you if you actually ask mike mcdaniel like who's more important to the dolphins offense you or tyree kill he'd be like yeah tyree kill like 100 <laughs> times out of 100 he gave a sideline quote during i think the sunday night game in week two like yeah to i think it was the patriots game you know the sideline reporter asked him well, you know what are you doing out there he's like i'm not doing anything <laughs> <laughs> which of course is not true but no um, it's not true at all it's not true and obviously brings a lot of value but yeah you know what it's really easy to run your cool scheme with all these little cheat motions um Hey, by the way, like, should we talk, be talking about banning these, like, cheat motions as opposed to banning the tush push? Uh, like, you know, the full speed motion with Tyree Kill and what they're doing it. A lot of other teams are doing it, too. It's like, talk about an unfair advantage. That's right. an unfair advantage, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, you're, it's cool to do all that stuff. And, and like, it's great. And you're, I mean, look, like I said, the Packers make use of it. The Rams make use of it. Yeah. The 49ers have obviously made use of it, too. They've all stolen from each other. But it's a lot easier and a lot um, more effective to do it when you have Tyree Kill. And then when you don't, things get a little hairier. So certainly I agree with you. He made a, um, a stronger MVP case. 
I would say too, beyond just the MVP stuff too, James, I think it was a reminder on Monday just how fragile this Dolphins ecosystem is. That's what to me, I think struck me was the fact that, okay, um, we've been saying on this particular show, and I know we're a wide receiver show, but we're saying like, yo, Tyreek Hill needs to be in the MVP conversation. You know, he's doing things that have never been done before in the NFL. He's on the march for 2,000 yards. And I agree. You know, somebody responded to, to, to my tweet saying he needs to hit 2K uh, for him to have a realistic chance at the MVP. And I agree with that. If he hits 2K, I think he has a, you know, again, I don't want to say a realistic chance because we know it's a quarterback award. Uh, but he at least has a much stronger case because he's doing something we've literally never seen in the NFL before. Uh, so I, I, I do agree with that part of it. But yeah, you're talking about the fragility of that offense. Again, we talk about Mike McDaniel. It, and it's not like they have nothing on offense outside of Tyreek Hill, right? They've got Jalen Waddle. They've got the two running backs, Moser and Achan, who have been playing well. Everyone's caping up for Tua, okay? I mean, again, I, I'm not trying to say that Tua's a bad player, but I think it made it abundantly clear you can't say Tua is the MVP because oh. he's not even the most valuable player on his own team. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know. It, it, it was really interesting because, again, you talk about the fragility. It shouldn't be that fragile, but I think that's how important Tyreek Hill is to that offense. And I think the other fragility part of it for the Dolphins, too, and, and this is something I know I talked about in the offseason, it's the offensive line. I mean, mm. uh, Connor Williams gets hurt after six plays in this game, 8% of the snaps, the starting center. He's now out for the season. Right. They have to move Liam Eichenberg uh, into that center position, and he's not normally a center. He's normally a guard. Um, and then, obviously, Teron Armstead. Like, you could point to this last offseason that a lot of the games where Tua was out – and the entire offense went in the shitter because oh well, it was because two is out. Well, also those games coincided with Teron Armstead not playing either, That's a good point. Um, which is a, a a huge factor because he's a great tackle when he plays. The problem is he so rarely is healthy. I mean, and even when he's healthy, he's a difference maker. But then he's a guy that has struggled with injuries throughout his career. They paid him a boatload of money, understandable, because again, he's a great player. But like, he you can't count on him to be healthy, and he hasn't been healthy. Like, and and he him not being out there has made a huge difference. Tua took a sack on thirteen percent of his dropbacks, a season high against mm. the Tennessee Titans, and like. You know, Harold Landry's starting to come back on as an edge rusher that tore his ACL, but like they didn't have Jeffrey Simmons in that game. This is not a defense where it's like, oh man, Tennessee Titans are coming into town. They're going to, you know, be sacking your ass, right? No, but they were sacking <laughs> Tua in that game because, right. again, right. because of the fragility of that team. I mean, they gave up a crazy lead, uh, which obviously is, uh, you yeah. know, it's a bit of a fluky game in general, but still a lot of concerning signs, I think, from the Dolphins overall. Um, and you know, they have a tough schedule to end the, the stretch as well. Like if Tyreek is not healthy, you know, they, they get the jets like that. The jets are not a pushover. They're, they're obviously, uh, a, usually a laughing stock, but they're a great defense and their offense looked great last week. Um, with old Zach Wilson back there. Uh, you know, we'll see if he can, we'll see if he can do it again, but he did <laughs> right, look great exactly. with old Zach Wilson back there. <laughs> then they get the Cowboys, they get the Ravens right. and they finish the season with the bills, which could realistically be for the AFC East title. Like, the, we might be talking about the Dolphins as a team that was the number one seed coming into this this past week. Like, right? That's a tough schedule uh, to end the season. So I don't know, man. I, I agree with you that like Tyreek not being in a hundred percent, and it feels like he, by the way, has been off and on the field a lot this year. Like you watch yeah. Dolphins games, he's banged up, but c- kind of consistently. You hope things aren't 
stacking up, but he's like a full speed guy, you know, that, 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 that can wear on the body, uh, the longer the season goes on. I I'm actually curious, James, to ask you about like, do we need to have a conversation of like, this sounds so stupid when I say something yeah. like this, but do we need to have a conversation about like Jalen Waddle? Um, I mean, the lack of, and I look, I haven't charted Jalen Waddle this year. Uh, so I don't have like data to pull up on this, but I mean, just the lack of consistent production, the lack of like high end plays. I mean, he scored three touchdowns this year. Um, he has Such also dealt with point. injuries. He got cr- crushed on a hospital ball from Tua. Yeah. And like you look at Jalen Waddle last season, like 69.7% success rate versus man. You know, that's not a bad number, right? But I mean, mm-hmm. it is in the Jahan Dotson, uh, you know, Alec Pierce zone, um, Jerry Judy, right? It's in kind of that zone of player. Now he's pretty solid against zone coverage, 81.8%. That's pretty similar to like a Amon Ra St. Brown type. And we know he runs more like downfield routes. Uh, Jalen Waddle does, but you know, 70.2% success rate versus press. A lot of these numbers point to like a really, really, um, especially from just a pure outside receiver standpoint, right? Points, not like a, like, not like a St. Brown slot type, but those point to more of like, all right, are you a really high quality two, not really a, a, a true number one? And I think it was pitched a lot this year that like, oh, the Dolphins have a 1A, 1B duo, but like, man, the way the offense completely falls apart without Tyree Kill, I don't know, at least makes you wonder, like, is, is the gap between Tyree Kill that big, but, um, I mean, I think it's pretty. I think the gap is pretty big between Hill and Waddle at this point. Oh, that's you know, I never even, I never even considered that. <clears throat> I just thought that the shadow of Tyreek Hill was so large uh, and so all-consuming that, well, of course, Jalen Waddle's going to be second fiddle because, um, you know, uh, he'd be. I, I, I'm, I was one of those people that would go with that assumption that Jalen Waddle would be a number one on any other team. Um, and, and to just challenge those priors, just to challenge that sort of assumption. I think that's smart. I think that's a smart way to approach this, uh, because again, some of the numbers that you talk about in terms of reception perception, um, you know, 58th percentile against man, pretty good against zone, but again, not like, you know, we're not talking just absolute, you know, crushing guys in, in, in zone, right? So 81.8 is really good. But you know, we start to when we start talking about a player that can really win. Where 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 are we doing this now, right? So that's that's an interesting point that you're bringing up with Waddle. To me, it's the press coverage thing um, because I think when you saw last year when teams really got up and got physical with the Dolphins receivers, uh, I think Waddle was the one who struggled with that more. And honestly, it's more of like a timing of the offense quarterback thing than it is like a true receiver problem. Because 70.2% success rate versus press is not bad, but it's 62nd mm-hmm. percentile right? in terms of um, reception perception. You know, like for, for example, like a guy like Mike Evans last season, I don't think he had his best season last year. He was 69.3% success rate versus man. But 75% success rate versus press, like that really quality number, right? Okay, so um, I think that's sort of where I'm like, hmm, maybe that's where I think Waddle, who's maybe just, again, around the league average or you know, a little bit above, definitely, if you're at 70% success rate versus press, 62nd percentile, you're above average, right? right? But it's still a little bit like a, hmm, maybe he's not like a, a true one, right, on another team. Maybe some of this is – and. 
I mean, look, the usage for him was terrible in his first season. We know that. His right. second season, obviously, great usage, all that type of stuff. But he was really running hot from like a, you know, yards over expected type of thing. The production was a little bit regression alerty, alerty even though no one wanted to say it um, <laughs> because of the volume to the production and the yards per catch and everything and what he was doing from a deep routes plus after the catch that was very unsustainable. Um, so in hindsight, maybe looking at that, like I updated my dynasty rankings this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think it's like a good time every month. I try to do a little update on them. Like, I put, uh, I mean, I always had like Drake London ahead of Jalen Waddle. I had put Puka Nakua ahead of Jalen Waddle. Wow. Um, I even moved like Michael Pittman ahead of, of Jalen Waddle. And I really like Jalen Waddle, obviously, but, and he's in a great situation, of course, um, with, with be- playing across from Tyreek Hill. But I, I mean, even, uh, even DJ Moore and like T Higgins, I, T Higgins, I, I moved all these guys ahead of T Higgins too. Right. Um, because I just, I'm a little like I'm de- this season season in general is spooking me on the idea of like the number two receiver that we we take like these leaps with where okay I I think that this receiver could be a number one on another team but I haven't seen them do it like I've seen now my opinion I've seen Puka Nakua be the number one receiver for the Rams this year based on the way right. they run that offense I've seen Michael Pittman be a productive number one receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. And obviously you could sit here and do like the wobble with Jalen Waddle look like on the Colts and that RPO. Like like, there's, I think there is a value to like actually being able to, to see it on, on tape as opposed to just theorizing it. Because I mean, I am the, I'm trying to isolate wide receiver performance from all other factors guy as much as you can, but you're still analyzing them and I'm isolating them from their, from those surroundings, but it's still, in the context of the offense that they play in. And, and I just don't know what that would look like in a different situation. That's so interesting. Um, and certainly, I don't know if we're going to get a lot of answers this year. Uh, hey, you yeah. talked very quickly about uh, Tyreek Hill and, and some of those injuries. So much of it has been, you know, cramping. You know, they talk about that, that, that South Beach humidity, uh, whatever it might be. And so that certainly has been uh, impacting him as well. But yeah, let's just hope that um, the guy could get healthy and get back on the field. He, he shared such an interesting story. You heard this one, right? Where he was talking, he was texting his girlfriend or whatever, fiance. And she was like, get your wife. ass. I think it's his oh, okay. Wife. Yeah, get your ass back in the game. You know, it's <laughs> <was> like, wow. <laughs> that sounds like something my wife would tell me, man. Holy yeah. hell. I could definitely appreciate that um, for sure. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, man, crazy stuff. You know, in, in terms of the MVP odds right now, right? So obviously Dak is, is in the lead. It's either Dak or Brock, depending on, I, I think, what um, what odds you kind of look at here. Uh, and both of them obviously have really, really strong uh, cases. You know, Dak just beat Philadelphia. And, and, and that's really what the MVP conversation is right now. Who have you beaten recently? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who have you beaten the most recently? Uh, and then we will give award that quarterback uh, the MVP odds, but Dak Prescott, obviously topping Philadelphia, um, leads the way right now. And Brock Purdy, a very close second, but, um, it actually is uh, a little bit different depending on where you go. Uh, anyways. Okay. So there's Dak Prescott. There's Brock Purdy. Lamar Jackson is certainly in the mix, uh, as is Jalen Hurts. Um, you, you got to go all the way down past Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill actually has climbed a bit. 
but still, he's what? One, two, three, four. He's somewhere in the, the top 10, but uh, but he's certainly in the mix. It doesn't look like he's going to win it, but cert- uh, you know, some things would have to happen for him to, to go out and, and claim that award. I, I Again, I just watched that Monday Night Football game, though, man. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, am I biased? I don't know. I, I've been caping up for this dude all, all season long. I think Tyreek Hill is the MVP, honestly. Yeah, I get it. Um, it. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's and, and I, th- I think anytime you can actually see it, right? Like, well, there is the value of Tyree Kill. Like, we got a perfect example of it. Like I right. said, there are other factors involved here too, like the offensive line play and everything. You know, you do have to take that into account. But but certainly the lack of um, the lack of Tyree Kill was a big factor against the Titans, and, and I mean that just like is I, I think indisputable. Like, I think they could have won that game maybe going away against the Titans if Tyree Kill is sure. healthy throughout. Well, I mean, again, you bring up, by the way, you bring up the offensive line, which is totally a fair point, but it's not as if when Tyree Kill, Connor Williams then also re-entered the game. It's not as if they, they got a, a new injection of right, offensive yeah, line. Totally. Right, when Tyreek Hill came back in the game, they literally were like, oh, okay, cool, well, let's just march down the field with reckless abandon, uh, with absolutely no resistance whatsoever, and then he left the game and, and uh, you know, they can't get the ball past the 50. Right. So yeah. it, it's to me, that was such a so I get it. You know, people were saying, oh, you got to add some context to that. And and certainly I, I would love to. I'm just saying when he reentered the game in the third quarter, man, it's not like they got they signed some new left tackle or they signed a new center. It's <laughs> no, it was just Tyreek Hill, you know? Yeah. And also, we have to remember, too, these are um, compounding issues, too, because we just talked about like Jalen Waddle being a good not not great separator well Tyree Kill is an elite separator uh 96th percentile success rate versus press right as opposed to the 62nd <laughs> of Jalen Waddle so right. these are compounding issues uh right so th- right. that that's another thing too it's like all right well you're you know what helps you uh get past your past protecting issues is having a 96th percentile Correct. success rate versus press Correct. player but you know what when you already have issues uh with pass protecting and everything when you don't have that separator, it makes it worse. So it's like these are compounding <laughs> issues that are that are right. that are facing the Dolphins right now. But yeah, no, I mean you're you're obviously right in saying that he and also too, there's an emotional part of it too. Like the defense knows, like, oh shit, Tyree kills back on the field. <laughs> like, uh, not only from a right. defensive coordinator, like, all right, we got to lean coverage this way, and like maybe that opens up stuff for other people in the run game. Like, hey, let me tell you what, Tyree killed him. Play like they're not having like a dominant run game with Dan Raheem Mostert. Okay, all respect to Raheem Mostert, <laughs> but they don't have a dominant like Correct. I score double digit rushing touchdowns with Raheem Mostert. If they don't have Tyree kill, period, end of story. So there's that. But it's like again, the the defense moves coverage, all this stuff, and just the emotional. Uh, burden on the actual players yeah. that are playing defense yeah. they know what can happen to them when right. Tyree kills out there so there's a lot of different uh factors at play there but a lot of, and it all comes back to yeah Tyree kill being a great player um I would just say too that like yeah if, <laughs> I, I think that the uh, some of these other quarterbacks obviously if they're if they left their their team would have a similar like oh yuck type of feeling to them but it's a good um, point you know, I, I know you love Sam Darnold, but I 
<laughs> I do not. I do not think that Sam Darnold is leading the NFL all in right, yards right. per completion yeah, 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 and all this right, stuff. All right, if right, if right. Brock Purdy's not playing right, the 49ers. You're, right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so you you right now though like and look by the way there are there are five four games left in the season. Uh-huh, um, yep. So things can change, right? You mentioned Lamar Jackson. The the Ravens get the Jags, the 49ers, these Dolphins, and then the Steelers in the last four games of the season. If he tears up those four teams, like he's yeah, going to go winning. from third to first in MVP yep. voting. Or if, um, you know, what? I mean, Brock Purdy they play the damn Arizona Cardinals this weekend. So it's like, okay, nobody really cares if he beat the Cardinals. That doesn't Correct. really move the needle. But if the if the Cowboys beat the Cowboys this weekend, I mean, excuse me, the, the Cowboys beat the Bills this weekend. Right. Or, then, hey, if Brock Purdy does on freaking Christmas, you know, Santa Claus is coming down the friggin' chimney, and but also Brock Purdy's uh, dropping dimes on the damn. I mean, <laughs> Santa's gonna hopefully come by eight fifteen Eastern. I don't know, but you know, Brock Purdy's dropping hammers yeah. on the on the Ravens on Christmas. The odds can change and stuff like that. Um, and by the way, we didn't even we have not once uttered the name Patrick freaking Mahomes. This guy yeah. can go out for the next four games and absolutely well, just throw hammers down. And you know what? He could win the MVP. As 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 turbulent as the Chiefs season has been, if they go out and win the next four games and Patrick Mahomes is dropping three, four touchdowns a game, he's back in the mix. 100%. I'm very skeptical of him doing that with uh, correct. this receiver right. room. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. But I mean, listen. Uh, you should definitely go and bet it if you. There's one particularly. I guess I think this is points bet. It looks like that has him at plus uh twenty five hundred to be the MVP. So you should go get. You should go bet it if you want. If you believe in that pos. If you believe Kadarius Tony can line up on sides. Kadarius Tony. Jesus God Almighty. Um, <laughs> I might go do that. I might go to points bet and put ten bucks down on Patty. Mahomes, hey, we're not sponsored know? by any any of these. Um, programs right yeah, so exactly hype another one anyway i will say this by the way um I, I will just say that you know none of these quarterbacks are dominant and i get it um but you know i, I do the podcast over yahoo with dalton del don who is a, a 49ers fan and a mvp uh brock purdy ticket holder so okay a preseason ticket holder so all Love bias it. admitted here but he did lay out like the statistical case just purely the numbers case for brock purdy like you know that guy wins MVP a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, if it if it is like if obviously we know we know all the counterpoints to Brock Purdy, but I right. do think the way he laid it out is just from again from a pure numbers perspective, like the player who has who who leads the league in adjusted yards per attempt and blah 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 all these numbers. Those guys win the MVP like a hundred times out of a hundred. Right. It just it happens to be in this case it's. You know, Mr. Irrelevant playing with Kyle Shanahan and that's, absolutely loaded that's what roster. It is. <laughs> and, I, and obviously that is what it is. It's just I'm saying yeah, that's that, what it is. I'm saying, though, that, that the way these voters work, you know, these people, these people faceless. Yeah, <clears throat> we know some people. We definitely know some people who have MVP votes. Right. But um, gonna, at the end of the year, they're going to look back at the numbers and be like, holy hell, Brock Purdy. Do, do all, all right. Well, he's the MVP, obviously. So that's just worth noting. We're talking right. about like nobody has a dominant resume. Yeah. Brock Purdy and Santa Claus come and uh, drop heat on Christmas. On Christmas, and, right? And, and it could happen. He's winning the MVP. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.